Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, a podcast on the FX television series Fargo. I'm Bill, and I'm here with my good buddy Sharpie for another episode. Hey now, the dish is hot. You want to hit the tender trap up after this? Uh, Yeah, definitely hit up the tender trap. Not to be confused with the temper trap. Great band. Oh, not aware. I'll have to look that up later. Sure. Well, here we are for another hot dish. In a mere 24 to 48 hours, we will be sitting so close. My tender ginger thighs will be within reach of your meaty hands. That's right. <laughs> I will be in the the belly of Fargo Goodness. in less than 24 hours, like 18 hours. Safe travels. Yeah. I'm on the smallest plane I've ever flown to Fargo in, which is 10 rows, mm-hmm. three seats per row, 30 people. Really? Even for a Fargo flight that small. I'm going to... Oh, Sorry. Somebody somebody opened this Ham's beer in front of me from the land of sky blue waters. Oh, you better grab that. It's the beer refreshing. What a great can design. I love that Ham's is back. Yeah, me too. I stand corrected from a previous episode, Sharpie. Okay. I love it. I love when Bill says he's wrong. You wanted to know if Vivian and the Fabulous Banker Boys would be back. Yeah, that's true. I did. And they were. Vivian Duggar, the the man with the woman's name. I love I love that whole theme of this entire season, just sort of the uh gender um ambiguity of the whole season with Vivian Duggar, Scotty, you've got Ula with his kilt and his nice feminine fur collar jacket and his haircut. Uh you know whose jacket that was? Whose jacket was that? That's the woman's whose house he was at. She's wearing oh. that jacket when she's pulling her cart full of groceries and beer. Mm, right on. Season five, episode six, The Tinder Trap. The dish is hot and you're hearing it now. Get yourself a tasty scoop. What are your high points? Um, high points in this episode, uh, definitely Roy realizing his son yet again is a complete and utter failure. Um, loved the, love seeing Wayne Lyon on the TV, seeing that little uh, commercial and then it clicked right away. As soon as I saw Roy see, watching that commercial, I was like, oh, he's going to know that uh, Seymour Butts isn't the right guy. Seymour Butts. I, forget, I, I know his name's Seymour. I forgot his last name. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Seymour, as they refer to him. Yes, they do. I wrote the same thing in my notes, my quick notes I was taking, which was Roy's going to realize it's the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some uh, quid pro quo action here going on between... Deputy Olmstead and the feds, and then immediately following after that, a little another tit for tat from Lorraine. Um, so I liked that it was going into that a little bit. Also, kind of a political nod, maybe you might say, because that was also big at that time in politics. People kept saying quid pro quo, quid pro quo, nothing burger, blah blah blah. So I don't know if that was a nod to politics uh, while they were watching Donald Trump on the TV, but uh, liked that. I liked the quid. The quid pro quo tit for tat stuff between uh, uh, di- multiple different parties uh, that always leads up to a nice cl- little climax there. So that was a that was a high point for me. What about you? I think my two biggest takeaways from this, if we can just kind of like give the good high gloss points, were I did like that a lot. I liked real quick little point uh, that sh- there was a a tiger on the wall in the background, and Frosted mm-hmm. Flakes is Tony the tiger, which. Scotty said she was eating at breakfast. We find out that Lars is not just an idiot, but he's also just a full-blown shitbag. Oh, like he just kept going and going and going. And my only note was Lars is a piece of shit. Because I just like, like, what what am I going to write about this? What are we going to talk about? Like, that yeah. just sums it up. Like, dude, oh, my God. He is Roy, but just without power. Mm. He has nothing. I mean, Roy is at least good at what he does sort of shocking moment of the show was watching Roy hit his current wife was just like, oh, God damn, Roy, you 
you know, and cut his ear, of course. It is tough. It was a very interesting juxtaposition of, I'm going to hit a woman, and oh my God, you're about to use the napkins from my mother, a special woman. And it's like, well, did you hit your mom if she got a little blood on the napkin? You mm. dick. The biggest takeaway for me in this, a lot outside of the big, you're right, with the lots of quid pro quos, lots of trading, lots of things, was I currently, at least in this episode, and maybe the season, we're slowly, I'm really seeing the not only parallel, not parallels or mirroring of different parts of people in other people, but I'm feeling a lot more like Indira has been kind of just sitting back in the pocket mm. and she has it all figured out. And now she's starting to dole out as much as she feels fit because she's, she's very Marge Gunderson-y, you know, sure. she's really, she's in charge. They just don't, maybe they just don't know it yet. Even more so than Dot slash Nadine, right? Because She's even like, you know what? I can't keep this kid. I've held up a certain amount of this bargain, but I got to take the kid somewhere. That's true. But I thought it was really good, fun to see Indira kind of be in the power seat a little bit, or at least they showed how much she knows what's what. She's working the feds to her mm-hmm. advantage, you know, whether to her surprise or not. Lorraine has come to sort of this advantage point with her where they're trading. And and even though she showed uh, sympathy toward Dot, she she still isn't letting herself be a welcome mat for Dot either by taking no. uh, Scotty back. She's like, well, nope, I, okay, enough is enough. This is done. We saw in this episode that Lorraine was very much, oh, even though she's such a shitbag sometimes, they showed a couple massive cracks in her facade where in the hospital, she has a very tender moment where I I literally wrote something. I can't even find it in my notes. I'm not going to look. I just, I wrote basically is like, she really does as much as she doesn't respect him very much. She loves her son. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when she talks about um, making him some beef bourguignon with the little onions, mm-hmm. I got since this is the hot dish, I got to talk about the little onions because I literally just talked to my girlfriend about this yesterday. Pearl onions. Yeah. I absolutely love pearl onions. I grew up on really? pearl onions and peas. I love them. I love them canned. I love them just like regular, fresh in a, mm-hmm. in a big old sack. Um, you got to peel them. That's the thing, but it's kind of therapeutic in a way. I don't know how popular pearl onions are, but I think they're just a gem. Do you eat pearl onions? It hit a note with me. Um, <laughs> I have um, Irish descent, and so St. Patrick's Day is very lives very large in my family. Always has, always will. I don't know if or when my mother stopped putting just regular onions in the corned beef when we would mm-hmm. cook it. Maybe it was just time, but two jars, pearled onions, goes in. Yeah amazing i can't believe i just talked i haven't had pearl onions in like a couple years and i miss them and i was talking to audrey about that and i was like you know what we got some hamburger we got we should get some pearl onions and some macaroni and literally make a hot dish (laughs) sharpie i have them every year sometimes more if because i don't think corned beef is just for saint patrick's day that's right i have been told more than once by my spouse we don't need any more corned beef brisket because she'll look in the garage freezer and be like Bud, how many are out there? I'm like, it was on sale. Just lay off. There's like five. Shut up. <laughs> Have you ever made your own corned beef? No, I've thought about it, but that's that whole conversation many years ago with a friend who is a nominated for a James Beard, and I asked him once about making his own, um, like Mayploy type sauce for mm-hmm. an Asian dish he was making. And he's like, why? You think I can make it better? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? There's a lot of people who make corned beef, and they do it pretty goddamn well. Yeah, it takes like a week. Eventually, I'm going to get, you know, I'll go get the whole saltpeter and do the business. But 
You're it's right. Like well, Ivan this, is hot this is so hot dish right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I have uh, Ivan Orkin's uh, Ivan Ramen cookbook, and the whole cookbook is one ramen recipe. I know this is a hot dish, but uh, just bear with me. Uh, ramen's a hot dish. It is. Of a, of a different culture. Uh, his, his cookbook, the entire cookbook is basically, is essentially one recipe, and it's a whole cookbook. He's like, I'm going to give you my entire secret sauce because guess what? It's the entire book, and you're never going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Here ends anyway. here ends the food session. Sure. Well, it's a hot dish we had to do. But it. we see we see the cracks in Lorraine. She she loves her son and there is a super moment where she realizes she sees Scotty in the house and she turns off usual Lorraine and she is smiling pretty ear to ear to my recollection, mm. but she sees her and then the minute she realizes Indira is there, she sort of has to be like, "Boom, I'm stonewalled again." She just her face changes. She's like, "Oh, come into my office." And then I think we see a further softening of who she is after she gets the business from Indira. And she opens that folder at the end of the show. Interesting uh, proposal, though. She gives Indira a job offer. And what do you think? Do you think she'll take it? I'm really torn on that. I I think I want to rewatch it and think about it a little. My gut reaction is is I just don't know. Mm. I don't know if she wants to work for a woman like Lorraine. Unless she were to change, I think if someone, I I think she respects Dorothy, and I think she realizes obviously what they they reflect in each other. But I just don't know. I don't know if that's her. I don't think she's a woman interested in what was truly offered to her. wasn't just money. It was be above and push around these men. I think there's a certain amount of respect that maybe she has for her job because if she didn't, she wouldn't be doing what she's doing. She is Mm. currently protecting and seeking aid for Dorothy and Nadine. And then she's also seeking to correct the wrongs of things that were done to the things who have done them. I just don't think she completely trusts anyone yet. I think the only person she's eventually going to trust is Whitfar. Which we didn't see this episode. I'm bummed. I miss him already. Yeah, and then, like you said, Lorraine opens that case file uh, and sees the hell that Dot went through. The six levels of hell. The six levels of hell. Yep. Under Tillman. So uh, newfound respect, perhaps, for this woman. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We, we, and we also opened and closed in the tent at the tender trap. And I keep, I'm going to think about this when we watch this. Like, what is the tender trap? And I don't mean the strip club. I mean, is somebody laying a trap for somebody right now? There's mm. a lot of tasty morsels out there, right? Who is not going to live up to their end of what's being offered? Is it a, you know, like, uh, by the way, welcome back, Ula, mm. Ula Monk. He sort of got a trap laid on him. Come for the That's money. Right. We want you to do something. And now Gator's kind of, he's tracking him now. Now I think he knows. But And then shout out to the just total return of the, the kick-ass drums. Yeah. Uh, well, we had to watch the show in an interesting manner tonight because I couldn't get my streams to work. <laughs> we uh, didn't do anything to break the law. Nope. Hey, I pay for this show in like three different ways. And uh, oh my God, for some reason, they like stupid? to air it in Denver like 10 hours later than everybody else. Anyway, so Bill points a camera at his TV and we watch it together in Bill's cozy little living room. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is that... Except we did not speak the entire time. So there, was no, no. Just, there was no talking. So we're watching it over like Zoom or whatever. And all of these streaming apps are all of these video conferencing apps cancel out sound. So I didn't hear a single drum the entire episode. I didn't hear any music. It was just all like totally like isolated voices oh my god i didn't even think it's yeah the automated 
reduce noise thing. It was like watching, um, you know, those those son of a gun, those, mu- those music videos <laughs> that they make <laughs> where they cut out all the music, dancing in the street, and Mick Jagger's yeah, you, shoes are just, just squeaking like, mm, on the ground. Yeah, it was exactly like that the whole episode, oh, which was kind of awesome and hilarious. Um, so I didn't hear any of the drums or any of the music this episode, but I'll, I'll hear it tomorrow when I, when I do my rewatch. And I almost said something to you about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let him have his own moment here. It was great. <sighs> well, I feel like we should wrap this hot dish up so you can get ready mm-hmm. to travel tomorrow. Have safe travels. Don't go dying on me now. All right. Oh, I'll try. just, you know, on the rewatch, boy, does I feel like Danish loves to watch. <laughs> Look, rewatch. Maybe. Look at his face after they cut to him after Lorraine's done on the phone. I feel like Danish almost is more uh, satisfied than Lorraine was with the call. <laughs> I mean, he was like, gas up the porch, babe. I'm heading out. Well, that's a lot for one eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's an eyeful. Mm-hmm. All right, man. All right. We'll check you later. Enjoy your hot dish. Bye now.